What would your life look like if you could get more done in less time? Would you maybe go on vacation? Spend some more time with your loved ones? Well, whatever you would do, this episode just might help you accomplish it. It's all about productivity, so strap yourself in and stay focused because you are now listening to Tiny Leaps Big Changes. Welcome, Tiny Warriors, to another episode of Tiny Leaps Big Changes, where I share simple research-backed strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and just a few months ago, back in September, I wrote an article for the media site Aspire titled, How to 10x Your Productivity Overnight. In the article, I detailed a method I had been using to improve my focus and get more done each day. Now, for whatever reason, that article caught on and blew up, bringing in just under 500 recommendations and shares. It was a crazy experience, but since then, I've had a bit of a change in career, and as a result, i found that I haven't been able to use the same strategy to stay focused, whereas I was working in a nine-to-five position back then in marketing. I'm now fully self-employed. And one of the things that very quickly stood out to me is how difficult it is, how frustrating and challenging it is to stay productive when you're working on your own. A little later in the episode, I'm going to be bringing on a special guest. Yes, for the first time in Tiny Leap's history, I'm going to have a guest on the show. And she's going to help us figure out exactly what we can do to be more productive. But first, I wanted to explore two simple questions. Question number one is, where does focus come from? And question number two is, what are the factors that affect our ability to be productive? So anyone who listened to episode two of this show is going to recognize this next name, Belle Beth Cooper. She wrote an article on the Buffer website back in 2014 titled, The Two Brain Systems That Control Our Attention, The Science of Getting Focus. In the article, she mentions a book that I'll be picking up pretty soon called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, a Nobel Prize winning psychologist. This book covers how our brains process information using two different systems. System one is in charge of our subconscious and automatic reactions. It's the system that controls functions you don't need to think about, like your heartbeat and certain immediate reactions, such as biases and reflexes. System two is the one that you have control over, or at least you think you do. System two controls all of the parts of you that require a decision to be made. Something as simple as deciding to move your arm is controlled by system two. Now, for the purposes of our first question, it's important to know that system two is in charge of our attention and willpower. Now, this is super interesting to me because what this is actually saying is that we need to consciously choose where to focus and what to focus on. This is something that I think we all know, but have you ever really stopped to think about it that way? Whether or not to focus is a choice. It's a decision. 
And this means that it's subject to all of the weaknesses that come with our ability to make decisions, especially decision fatigue. Now, whether or not we can focus and stay productive, this is a very finite resource because our ability to make decisions is a very finite resource. Decision fatigue comes quite quickly if you really have to sit down and make numerous decisions back to back. Back to the point. We now know that our ability to focus is controlled by the conscious level of our brains. This level is subject to decision fatigue, and as a result, focus is, in fact, a finite resource. But what are some of the factors that affect our ability to focus? In other words, what drains that resource, and how can we avoid it? In a 2012 article written in the Harvard Business Review by Paul Hammerness, MD, and Margaret Moore, the authors identify three key factors in our ability or inability to focus. One of these factors is a state known as frenzy. From the article, frenzy is an emotional state, a feeling of being a little or a lot out of control. It is often underpinned by anxiety, sadness, anger, and related emotions. Now, our emotions are controlled by a small part of our brain known as the amygdala. And the article goes on to state that functional brain imaging has shown that activation of the amygdala by negative emotions interferes with the brain's ability to solve problems or do other cognitive work. You can find a link to that article in the resources for this episode, but I want to take a moment to pull all of this together before we move on. So we've just learned that focus and attention is a process that is controlled by system two or the conscious level of our brains. This means that it's subject to decision fatigue and as such is a limited resource. Our ability or inability to focus at any moment, however, is strongly affected by whether or not we are in a state of frenzy, which is an emotional state triggered by the negative emotions we experience on a daily basis. Being in a state of frenzy is a surefire way to drain our ability to focus, which will drastically reduce our productivity. Now, in the next part of the show, I want to dive into a few strategies you can use to decrease those negative emotions, avoid frenzy, and systematically improve our ability to focus throughout the day. After that, I'm going to get on a call with today's expert, who I'm super excited to share because she's going to discuss some specific strategies for improving our overall productivity. In other words, once we have the ability to focus and once we realize that it's finite, how can we then limit our decisions so that we can maximize productivity? Back in episode one of this show, we discussed the idea of using list making as a strategy to reduce our anxiety. Now, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode because as we just pointed out, anxiety plays a big role in our ability to focus. But what else can we do aside from list making? Well, some people swear by meditation as a practice to help decrease the effect of negative emotions on our daily lives. I'm going to dive deeper into meditation and its effects on our lives in a future episode. In fact, it'll be just the topic of that episode. But to put it simply here, meditation is a practice of taking time and creating space between our emotions and ourselves. 
by practicing this creation of space, you put yourself in a position to replicate that feeling when those negative emotions pop up. For example, when something happens that usually sets off your anxiety or anger, meditation as a practice allows you the space from that event to react calmly rather than immediately giving into those emotions. In other words, what you're essentially doing, if you want to picture this, is you're standing in the middle or you're standing on the side of the road and you're watching this event and the emotions that are usually accompanied with that event pass you by. Instead of latching on and diving into that feeling and then reacting physically as a result of it, you can just watch it pass you by and walk away. That allows you to stay calm and to limit those negative emotions that could then send you into a state of frenzy. Meditation is a practice that I personally want to integrate more into my life. And so here's the strategy I'm going to be using, and I think you can use to do that. All right, step one, uh, take your smartphone and download the app Calm, that's C-A-L-M. Step two is to start using it for five minutes every day. And if five minutes is too hard, Begin with two minutes and 30 seconds. And if that's too hard, cut that in half. Basically, start at the place that you feel most comfortable and use the guided meditation that comes with the app to help you push through it. Do this every day for five to 10 days. And this is step three. Uh, Move up until you reach a point where you can do a 10-minute meditation. Then step four is to stay at this 10-minute meditation space for a couple of more days. But I want you to download a new app at this point called Headspace. Then with step five, I want you to go through the 10 days of 10 minutes per day. This comes with the Headspace app and just follow the instructions. It's a guided meditation that will really teach you the basics of how to develop a meditation practice and how to approach it while you're in that practice. By doing this, you're going to build a meditation habit as well as start to develop the skills required to successfully meditate. Now that we have that, now that we have that strategy that we can use over the next few days to build up that habit and start to create that space between our emotions and ourselves, what is the next step? Because as we learned earlier, being able to focus isn't the only part of being productive. Um, I think a lot of people think of productivity as getting their work done efficiently. And I agree with that. But this is Pierrette Ashcroft. I would also add another important point, and that is that you're getting your most important work done. It's not about being busy, but accomplishing what's going to bring value to you. Pierrette is a productivity expert, like a real certified expert. Actually, here, I'll let her tell you her qualifications. I have been training uh, for several years now. I have certifications as a professional organizer as a productivity coach, as an Evernote business consultant, and I've attended conferences around the world, uh, workshops. I wanted to bring her on the show because I thought she might have some valuable insights that we could use in our own lives. But my first question, strictly out of curiosity, was how did she start to focus on productivity? It came from, I've had my own business for 26 years, and the business I had before this, I was a jewelry designer, and I was very organized and productive, but 
at one point the business grew so much and I wasn't able to grow my systems with it. I just wasn't prepared for the, the growth and I had to reevaluate. There was a six-week period where I just literally did not leave the house. I had people bringing food into me because I was working so long. And after that, I just said, enough, I can't continue to do that. And people had acknowledged how productive I was. I was interviewed in a couple of um, magazine articles. And um, when I made the changes, people started to ask how I did it. Okay, so what is your number one tip for improving productivity on a daily basis? Um, I would say to give value to each task and then decide how much time is worth dedicating to that particular task. So something that has more value to bring money into your business or to make you more successful, that's where you should be focusing your time. But on the low-value tasks, set a timer and say, I'll only do that for 15 minutes. So one of the things that we discussed in this episode is this idea of, uh, well, it's known commonly as decision fatigue, but Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that plays a role in our ability to be productive sort of as the day goes on? And then to follow up on that, how do you suggest we sort of deal with that? How do we tackle that? There definitely is a limited number of decisions that we can make each day. So things have to become habit for you because you don't have to decide. Um, You're not thinking about how do you make a cup of coffee each day. It's just a habit. How do I brush my teeth? You don't have to think about it. So if you set up systems and workflows for the things that you do on a regular basis, you don't have to think about what you're doing each time. And that's going to um, help you to be more productive and get more done. Okay, so systemize in order to basically keep those that decision reserve uh, from, from having to get involved. Right, and it has another added benefit. If you have your systems, actually I tell people to write them down. So later on, if your business grows, you can use that to delegate and to hire other people to do things for you. Perfect. And I can imagine that would be even helpful to somebody who's is working full time if they have a certain set of repetitive tasks that they need to get done every day. If they can figure out the best system to do that, number one, that's going to make their productivity better. But number two, that's going to make them look a lot better to their bosses and so forth. Right. And that's what I'm talking about, making them worth more because in the eyes of their boss, they're getting more work done and they're worth more value to the employer. So it's not just something you do for yourself, but it brings value to an employer. So we're coming up on the end of the episode, but you guys know by now that I like to leave every episode with a step-by-step strategy that you can follow on. And we did that for how to get into meditation and use it as a way to avoid frenzy. But I wanted to have our guest today share her number one strategy that we can use to start to integrate some of the things we've discussed on productivity into our daily lives. Here's what she had to say. I would say take five or 10 minutes each day and prepare for the day. So if you're walking in and you have projects open on your desk from the day before, clear them off. Bring your desk or work area back to neutral so that you can start um, fresh for that day. And then plan. And I say, do it in writing. What are the things that you need to accomplish for that day? 
then pick the two or three most valuable and put them in order and start with the first one. If you start with your most valuable task first thing in the morning, when all hell breaks loose and you have to put out fires the rest of the day, at least you've started off doing something that is valuable and that is not your email. That's it for episode three. I want to give a big thank you to Pierre Rett, and I highly recommend that you reach out to her by going to smartproductivitysolutions.com. Until the next episode, I've been Greg Clunas, and remember, all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.